All right, so I'm recording. Are you recording, Morgan? I believe so. All right, well, let's get into it. Hi, guys. It's your girls, uh, Shannon, and my lovely, lovely host, Morgan. Uh, co-host uh, Morgan and we are the two wise Johns and we are back today with kind of a short and sweet episode. Uh, we are currently working on some topics that actually require us to do some research so we can know what we're talking about. Uh, so we just wanted to get on here because there's some things that are happening that we wanted to talk about and we didn't want to miss it. So on today's episode, we're kind of just going to go through, like, I don't know, shit that's been going on in the news, you know? This is a segment of Hot Topics at The View with your co-host, Whoopi Goldberg, and the redhead lady. Right? Joy Behar? Joy. <gasps> this is my parents' favorite segment Whoopi of The View. and Joe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean that's what they call their segment, Gotta Go. I think it's Daddy. literally called Hot Topics. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everybody calls it Hot <laughs> right. Topics. Um, but I just I wanted don't. to add I, that my parents is, love that. They love the view. Um, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, I don't watch it though. But is actually, did Hot Topic, is that Wendy Williams' influence? Huh. Mm. You make me think about her. Um, what she's going through, at the, going through at the moment. But I, I maybe, know. I know like I, that's my frame of reference, but I don't know if it's totally influenced by her. Yeah, that's my frame of reference too for it. But anyway, oh, her uh, and Bruce Willis. Mm. Okay, sorry. And yes, actually, Bruce. Um, I don't know. That's so sad. I don't quite know. I guess if nobody knows what we're talking about, uh, Rumor Willis posted a statement that Bruce Willis will be retiring from public life and it working as an actor because he's suffering from aphasia Mm -hmm. Um, and aphasia it you know it sometimes happens after people have strokes or in connection or if people have a tumor in their brain and the tumor is on the I think it's basically like the part of the brain that controls the language signals that you receive uh, Vernicus so, area. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember. Oh my gosh, I love that you know that. <laughs> I just remember it from neuropsych, <laughs> but it might be the um, other one. Go ahead. <laughs> so it it um, affects your ability to decipher language, and so you know you can't really understand people. You have a hard time understanding people, and then you also have a hard time speaking. So that seems to be what's going on with Bruce. And typically that's like a symptom of something else that's going on, but the family hasn't announced that information. They haven't really talked about whether it's something that can improve or not. Um, But all signs seem to be indicating that this is something that he's been dealing with for a while and that people who've worked with him on sets have noticed something. And um, so, yeah, you know, praise up for Bruce. I know, I think he lives with Demi Moore now, like him and his new wife, or maybe that was just a pandemic thing. But I was like, um, really interesting. Yeah, I think they like did quarantine together. So I think that's kind of sweet. And especially in light of what's going on with his health, it's good to be around all the people that you love. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he's dealing with something seemingly 
cognitively degenerative, and and the same, and that's why we made the connection to Wendy Williams, who's also dealing with her own issues there as well. Yes, um, two faves. So we're gonna lift them up in Calabasas prayer, actual prayer, prayer. Yeah, <laughs> actual prayer. Um, I hate to move from Bruce and Wendy to Tory Lanes, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Shan, you gotta work on your segues, but <laughs> I do. Um, it was just top of the mind because he was. It was just our, top of the mind. <laughs> uh, you know, Tory Lanes, Daystar Peterson, was arrested this week at a pretrial hearing in connection with a, an assault charge that he is facing. Um, due to uh, allegedly shooting Meg the Stallion in the summer of 2020. And he also was facing charges of like carrying an unregistered firearm. He has pled guilty to those charges and the case is expected to start uh, this later in the spring or early in the summer. He's pled guilty to which charges? Pled not guilty to Oh, both. okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and so right now what's happening is they're, they've been having different pretrial hearings to, you know, so the lawyers can agree on either what discovery, what the parameters of discovery are and what evidence they're going to bring up at trial. And at the latest pretrial hearing, uh, Megan's counsel provided evidence that Tory had actually violated pretrial protective orders that, you know, were supposed to prevent him from talking about the trial and also harassing Megan. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is in connection with a, (laughs) an internet personality, uh, DJ academics tweeting that, there was DNA evidence that it came out in court that there was DNA evidence that basically cleared Tory of any culpability in the case, which is that came up. The fact that there are, is a DNA report came up in a pre-trial hearing, um, but they did not discuss the results of that report. Also the case has not started yet. And so from Megan's counsel basically was arguing that there's no way that DJ academics could have known that information unless it came from Tory's camp. And so essentially we can assume that Tory is trying to use social media to talk about the case, which favor. he should not be doing. Got it. DJ academics is his face is like a cursed Teddy Graham. <laughs> it really bothers me. <laughs> Like, if Russell Wilson was a delightful Teddy Graham, then DJ Academics is a cursed one. And he I hope that is. makes sense to people. I know. That <laughs> actually totally makes sense because he has a face that, like, on anybody else would be... Would work, maybe? Would work. And, may, and you would think is, like, pleasant. Not, right. you know, like, he, it just and that's what I meant should for Russell, be a, a delightful face. face. Yeah. And that would come with somebody who has like a nice personality, but it just doesn't. It's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, why his face is so memeable. <laughs> oh, no. It's so annoying. Um, uh, so I, Tori's, I guess to wrap up, thoughts on Tori, he's probably not going to stay in jail. 
Um, I'm still working on my, you know, politics around abolition, so I don't know that I would want Tory to stay in jail. Frankly, I probably just don't care if Tory stays in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely keyed into this trial, and it's been, you know, a long time coming, so I'm interested to see what happens this summer and definitely hope that Megan feels good about whatever res- result comes out of it. And I'll give my fresh sense on it because I don't think I've ever actually spoken on this this issue that has been long debated long fraught on the social mm-hmm. media and the internet an exclusive an exclusive <laughs> boom boom um I don't know what happened I remember seeing the dramatic photos mm-hmm. outside of Kylie Kardashian's home <laughs> um and with Kardashian Megan. is always in yes it. <laughs> with Megan bleeding out um, which to me looked very dramatic and traumatic. Um, was concerned for her safety and well-being. After years, at this point of hearing, if not no one really detailing exactly what happened, mm-hmm. it's become a bit frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have a take outside of s- people were drunk in the vehicle. There was an unlicensed gun. I already feel a strong way about people being reckless and mindless and with, with, regard, with regards to gun safety. So even if Tory or whomever shot, I think, I think whatever happened was probably honestly an accident or like in my mind, I think people were arguing the gun, the gun discharged. Who knows who did it? But the gun shouldn't have been there to begin with. So I'm kind of stuck there, and I'm probably that person, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to victim blame whomever, whether it was Tori, the friend, or Megan, but I'm already annoyed that goofies are drunk playing with guns and bringing them out. So I think I've always been stuck at that moment more than anything. It's mm-hmm. like I suggest that no one walk around with a balding man with a, with a Napoleon complex who carries a gun and waves it around. Jokingly or not jokingly. And I know a lot of people like Ari, who dates G Herbo, whatever his name is, you know, came to defense of things like that. Like, who hasn't had a gun waved at them <laughs> and brandished at them, right? And so I'm like, maybe I'm just not part of the culture. And I'm okay with that. I'll be Auntie Morg. So that's yeah, my hot take. <laughs> at, at that, when I heard Ari's statement, I was like, we people are living very different lives. People are living um, very different lives. And um, she's young, and I hope she grows out of it for her sa- for her safety and her child's safety because she's a mom, and you also have to be aware of who you're putting your kid around. So, uh, speaking of, <laughs> there we go. She's better. Of she's children better. and mothers, and better. protecting your space, your energy, and making sure your kid is around the best people for them. Um, most of the time, let's talk about Black China, uh, who allegedly, apparently this week it came out that she does not have her kids for the majority of the week. And hashtag self-care, hashtag self-care, hashtag, you know, know what you can handle. Also (laughs) new motherhood two days a week. I'm not mad at it. It's so I think Rob Kardashian, so this all came out because Black China said that she was a single, was not getting child support. And Rob Kardashian and Tyga would not let her live. 
and <laughs> responded on social media with a, why would you get child support when I take care of the child on, and they put their days. I think Rob has dream from Tuesday to Saturday and Tyga has King from probably the same schedule. And so, you know, Black China <laughs> does a lovely, lovely Sunday with her kids and then drops them off for, does a Monday school run. And I just feel like... <laughs> I saw a lot of people. Shannon loves this. I do because my <laughs> dream would be to like be a mom every other week, <laughs> an active mom. You're a mom all if the time. You could see my face, um, but that would be ideal for me. I just feel like it'd be best situation for the kids and I. Um, but you know, I know it's not realistic. So I am heavily exasperating over here. I, I. It, as each day goes by, I get more and more conservative. You know, Shannon has seen the radicalization of Morgan. <laughs> um, and I can't even laugh at Black China. I'm like, this is a hot mess. <laughs> um, on one hand, I do, like, the cheeky part of me loves it. Good for her. Sad that she can never take her children to Chick-fil-A, you know, but love that she has to schedule. The other main part of me is just... The audacity to complain about not being supported when you have multiple cars, um, living above your means in every sense of the word, um, fathers who are very involved in pouring money in. And so, but you know, I you know, I'm getting older and older, Shan. I don't care about the rap. I don't the rap girlfriends actually piss me off. So I, As I really. <laughs> I don't want the girls As to aspire to this. I really don't. I just want to say that Black China is not currently a rap girlfriend. Um. <laughs> I know, but she was formerly. <laughs> and I want better for the girls. What does that yeah, mean? Stand because, up. Stand up. You know, you get, I mean, she did have her own kind of influencer sort of career on her, but that seems to have dried up. And, you know, the money's not coming forever. But you. Let me find the empathy. Is it uh, her mom in like Tokyo Tony. Drift or something? Put some respect on her name. Okay. Well, I've seen some clips and I will say China has come far considering Absolutely. what she probably had to go through. Yeah. That's a, so, so I'll I, give her that. As much as I'm joking <laughs> and making light, I'm, I'm sure this situation probably is not ideal China, um, and that she probably would want to be in a position to have a more equitable time split with her children. Who knows? Um, so, you know, hopefully she could get it together in the future and maybe get a car back that's getting repossessed. Probably not because she also, nobody needs cars that cost, I don't know, $300,000 that you like can't pay for. I don't even know how much that no, would, one, how she much does would not that need cost the Lamborghini a month? Like, what's the car note on that? I have, I just have, no concept of car financing. Well, I thought. Well, I thought but if it's it getting repossessed, doesn't that mean she's not paying for I it? I assumed. Oh, you're right. Hmm, you're right. If it's getting repossessed, then it's. And you know what? That's why you can't. Yeah, take I don't. I don't want to imagine what the I'm, I'm judging rappers here, but I. I have a. I have a feeling <laughs> that Tiger bought two of those cars. And probably put like a solid down payment on it. And then she was responsible for the rest of the payment. 
that's totally a scam. But what did her quote unquote sister-in-law maybe say? What did Kim Kardashian say? Get your fucking ass up and get to work. Because so many... <laughs> so many you of did the good. girls that, sounded just, that like just wanna have businesses and don't know what it takes to run a business. And then if they had a business, they would know. And just so many people don't wanna work, you know, no toxic work environments, just like get to it. And Apple and Google and everybody heard her call and said, get back in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Like I blame the moment Kim dropped that everyone literally even my job was like, hey, guys, how do we feel about two days a week? So I blame her for <laughs> inspiring everyone's place Honestly, of business to say, I, get I your I asses just blame back Kim to Kardashian the office. That is all I have to say. Um, <laughs> she wrote it for all of us. But now I'm like. Maybe she was talking to Black China. It I don't sounded know. like it came from something. It, either it was either China or Courtney. <laughs> Probably P. I feel like P don't do nothing. Who? P. Oh, Pete. I thought you were talking about P. Penelope, Courtney's kid. And Penelope. I, was like, I said P. All, Penelope yeah. <laughs> is working hard and being a TikTok influencer. <laughs> I was talking about Penelope. I was like, I know Mason does everything in that household. Him and Listen, Rain. Listen, okay? Penelope <laughs> is hawking shower gel and body wash on a TikTok. She's working. Okay. Products good for Penelope. are getting sold out but because yeah. Penelope Disick recommended it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's right. Someone the has to only work in one not working in the house is Courtney. <laughs> it's Courtney. Yeah, you're right. Because even Scott got back to work. Hello, Scott is you know. I don't know trying to flip houses or do something. And wasn't he on a million dollar listing he or something? Was but to Courtney's credit, she said she is someone that does not prioritize work. But you know what she did? She found a man that does. Because Travis Barker, he's is always on somebody's age. Yeah. And I know that's right, Courtney. I think that's fabulous. <laughs> and also, congratulations to them. Didn't they get sneak they married did, over the in Grammys? In Vegas, because the Grammys happened in Vegas this year. Um, I, I'm a sucker for a trashy Vegas wedding. I don't know what it is, but I love it, love it, love it, love it. I don't know that. How kitsch of you. It's, yeah. I. Don't know that I would do one at an actual chapel, but I have to say the thought of getting hitched in Vegas is just linked to me. <laughs> I can see that for you. Um, did we want to segue into the ghetto affair that was the Grammys? I hated it. I, I, I with every mean, yeah, it being. seems like you've got thoughts. Let's hear them. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> I just didn't enjoy it. And it's from a okay. purely aesthetic. You know how you just roll over and a TV's on? Yes. And I'm like, what is this? And that was my <laughs> that was my only reaction. I was like, there are banquet chairs. The sound is off. There are people coming in the screen who should be like not be seen <laughs> on camera. Um, who are these young people? I appreciated Lady Gaga, and that's all I had. And I was like, wow, I've aged out. I remember when I aged out of the VMAs. I thought that was natural, but to age out of the Grammys means to truly not give a f about pop culture anymore. And I have my same fifty songs I listen to. Yeah, it it was a it was a a lower budget affair at the MGM. Um, that was an interesting choice. I yeah, I find music shows 
award shows. I think I'm used to like film award shows or being, um, there's some distance there for me because I haven't necessarily watched everything, but music, especially growing up, I'm like, so I know somebody, but I really did not know a lot of these artists and that's maybe streaming's fault, uh, because all the newer artists that I'm introduced to basically do the same genre of music as the people I already like. That said, I, I didn't enjoy the Grammys, but some people won that I was really excited about. SZA and Doja Cat got their first Grammy for Kiss Me More, which is a song that I'm obsessed with. So that was exciting. Doja Cry. Yeah, I enjoyed her um, acceptance speech. That was very sweet. Jasmine Sullivan won two Grammys and... She looked amazing. She looked so good. She'd been nominated for like, I don't know how many before, but she'd been nominated multiple times, has never won one. Um, and reality show Shout is out to Philly. my favorite Jasmine Sullivan album, and I thought that was excellent, and they paid it dust. But Hotels won, and I don't know, that feels like a win for all of us. <laughs> um. Questlove won for Summer of Soul, which I really enjoyed that documentary. So glad he got something for that, for the Oscars and the Grammys. And something else happened at the Grammys that I... I think that was it. Hmm. Uh, Oh, (laughs) the Oscars couldn't get him, but the Grammys did. President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine delivered a message during the Grammys and then... The way you said introduced that... <laughs> people are literally dying. Don't kill it. That's me what Amy Schumer said. She said they were trying to get Vladimir Zelensky. So I'm just noting that he <laughs> was the Grammys got him. And they did, uh, John Legend did a performance with two Ukrainian musicians, you know, in, I don't, what is the word? It's not tribute. In honor of um, and in dedication. There's a word for this. To... But yeah, but in <laughs> of Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and during his speech, I thought, like, you know, he had some lines that were really great. He said, he was talking about essentially that. He wants everyone to keep talking about what's going on in Ukraine and not let Russia shift the narrative. And he tied it to music. He said what Ukraine is fighting for is the freedom, is their freedom to live, to love, to sound on our land. And I thought that to live, to love, to sound was incredible. Like, Yeah, that's pretty good. Because sound means everything. Like, it, uh, yeah, you let me exist and make noise and like be you know Mm, that's powerful shan wow (laughs) yeah no and it's you know it's of course it's timely because there's literally conflict Mm -hmm. happening as we speak but um you know it seems to be things seem to be getting a bit more it's already been bad but a bit more heinous i guess um and yes it does that people would considered yeah I think Israel has officially declared um some of Russia's actions to have violated to be war crimes 
Um, Mm -hmm. And President Zelensky has called on the UN to actually remove Russia from the UN Security Council, which is a big deal. So um, things are intensifying and... I just, uh, yeah, my, I mean, my yeah. thoughts are with the people in Ukraine um, and also with the people in Ethiopia, in Tigray. And Sudan and Venezuela. And I was going to say, we can't. You just keep going. And Palestine. Palestine and, so, and, and Yemen. We can't and, not say these things. And North Korea and South Side of Chicago, you know. <laughs> North Philadelphia. Yeah, so Zelensky's words ring true for Ukraine right. and so yeah, many and I other think places. we. I don't want to leave this segment without saying I understand. There's a lot of strong emotions for those who are part of the communities, both which we are, um, that feel like we don't get as much representation when we are in conflict. Um, you know, I think we do have to understand the geopoliticalness of it all. And the truth is we live in a Western nation with, you know, Western connections. And and this is what happens when they feel seen. And so that's something that, it's the double consciousness, you know, Baldwin and Hughes and all those people talk about. Um, it sucks, but it's the reality. And that's kind of where we are. Um, so of course this is gonna happen. And of course, they're going to focus on this. And more importantly, it's, you know, uh, nuclear power and all those good things, the words they keep saying. So don't get discouraged. All you can do is, you know, have empathy for those in Ukraine. But also, yeah, like 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 Zelensky said, keep sounding off on the conflicts that are important to you, right, that you want to ameliorate. Absolutely. So something that's been interesting and bubbling up over forever, the past eight years, ever since um, <laughs> Sierra sounded off in her prayer and moved on to Russell Wilson and had this beautiful family, three kids thus far, it's caused a, a, a kerfuffle, if you will, um, amongst, <laughs> I don't know, amongst a lot of folk. I'll just say that much. Um, and it's come up again. And quite frankly, I'm not sure why it came up recently. Like, I'm not sure how Russell Wilson made it to the discourse again. Was there something specifically? Um, up, I don't know why he, what conversation. I was actually trying to find the podcast at the clip. Oh, was it Channing Crowder? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So he has a podcast with two other football players, and I was trying, they were talking about this, and I was trying to find the clip, but I couldn't find it. Um, okay, yeah. that's what it was. Thank you for refreshing my memory. So, <laughs> um, you know, as Russell does, stays on the tops of many people's minds. I guess it makes sense. These are two NFL players. And the topic of corniness and future and Russell popped up and maybe they were talking about dating and who they presume women would choose over one one or the other. And then I believe Channing was saying, essentially, you just don't choose a Russell over a future. Like that does, that just doesn't happen. And he was sort of like, you know, like in disbelief that that could happen unless someone is rich. But other than that, mm-hmm. there's no reason for like a future. Really? Like, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pass over future for Russ, 
for Corny Russell Wilson. And so that was what the clip I saw. It was like yes, 45 seconds um, um, of mm-hmm. him pretty much being in disbelief that a woman would do that. And again, let's use Russell as a proxy and futures a proxy. He's saying no woman would ever turn up, right, you know, choose a Russell type of guy over a future type of guy. Yeah. And the. Without being like having some agenda, some big agenda. Yes. Right? And that led to yeah, all and it's. Um, I wish the f- a fuller version of the clip was shared because his co-hosts on the show were Fred Taylor and Ryan Clark, who are also former football players, and they were countering him and going back and being like, "Well, one Russell's a good dude, and like women want peace. <laughs> like you. Oh, I'm glad they said that. Yeah, they were like, women want women peace too, to and sometimes as you grow, like yeah, you might want the dude who's like." exciting and keeps you on your toes but also that dude is probably not treating you the best and then you meet someone who is just nice to you and that becomes attractive to you that becomes more attractive to you than the things that you found attractive before and especially when you are looking for something serious and you want to like have settled down with somebody what you're looking for then changes so I yeah. was I thought that was great that they had that perspective on it. Um, and I feel like Channing was probably talking to his wife, maybe. I don't know. And he's like, who's he talking to? Because like he's corny too. Now, another thing, the corny discourse, like I'm having corny in air quotes here here. That whole thing Why? needs to be unpacked as well. But go ahead. You you have issues with this word. Let's talk. What does it mean? I think corny just means not cool to you. Whatever you think is not cool, like... And I think that's what it means. Yeah, so... And so because it means that, to me, I guess what's confusing is future comes off corny to me. Like, future comes off as, like... I don't look at him and say, that's a mm-hmm. naturally cool dude. He comes off very contrived, probably, like... I just I can, I can see the inner dweeb in him just yes. trying to be cool. And so that's right. corny to me. Um, Russell comes off like he can be a bit dorky. But then I look at Sierra. I look at who Sierra's dated. That is almost in line with who she dates. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, like I'm I don't know who out. they think Sierra is, but also like she And I don't know who they think Future is. Like there are so many up. other like, she's like not, not corny. So like this is not... A future might have been the departure. <laughs> she also dated Bow Wow. Like, yeah. come on. Bow Wow and Future was barely a departure. Like, maybe I'm from Philly, so corny. Like, if you're not a grime, if grimy is the wrong word, but if you ain't giving me state prop vibes, if I'm not giving, like, if I'm not getting Beanie Siegel, Thoroughbred, mm-hmm. Mother Effer, then that's outside of that is corny, right? So, Future does not give me whatever they think he's giving. Um, and on top of that, there's nothing corny about a self-assured individual. I mean, Russell Wilson <laughs> but I get it. does can be dorky. some corny things. He can He's be a, dorky. Like, he does dorky things. Like he can be dorky. But it's like, yeah. because he just genuinely seems like a good guy and he looks the way he does, like, it's cute, kind of, sometimes. And also, I think that isn't talked about enough, too. Are people just blind or are they just trying to pretend that Russell's like some corny, un- Honestly, not I don't know man? what they see when they look at him, but it's... Uh, it's very confusing <laughs> to me. I, I, it's, it's almost like they cannot see how good looking he is. 
Yeah, I was like, does Russell look like? I was, I, mean, I, I, I really try. I'm like, what do they see? Because I'm like, they talk about this man as if it's like he's not also. Many would say gorgeous, right? So I'm just like, Listen, Russell is the top of the top. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Russell the corniness must I, be really I think like even the rating. <laughs> ratings master Kevin Samuels would list Russell as an eight or a nine probably a 10 because he's a quarterback definitely solidly and has been a quarterback, a quarterback for like, years you know, if we're talking about looks I'm giving like eight or nine if we're talking about status top he's a 10 he's an 11 so I'm just like what I on I really are, don't know what, and and so I think that probably for them the corniness that they see in him Overshadowed. And I get it because that's how I feel about Michael B. Jordan. So like, <laughs> I get that. I truly do. <laughs> that, that's I do. how I felt. I get about how things can be overshadowed. Like, like he just gave me. Like I thought he was corny, and he creeped me out. And I was like, I cannot find that man attractive. Every time I say Chance Rapper is kind of cute, you like recall <laughs> and say the same thing. So okay. you're like, he's so corny, and and there's like a. I did not say I don't know what you think he looks like. I would not describe (laughs) anyone in such terms. It's not me. She doesn't do Um, that. But really quickly, back to Russell. I also find it interesting. I get what the Channing's co-hosts were saying, that, you know, women, people, you know, mature. But I I don't like that reasoning because I can see some guys saying, like, see, we're just getting the sloppy seconds, which seems to be their biggest issue. It's like you wouldn't have chosen Russell mm-hmm. when she was 20. That seems this vindictiveness of not being chose when you were like totally a dweeb really bothers them. However, I think another thing is at play here. Women choose the men who are the mixiest and who are like very outgoing and who are kind of bold. So it, it wouldn't shock me if the fut- future or I'll even use the game and men like that get more women because they are actively shooting their shot 24-7 and very bold with it. Women date, honestly, who chooses them. So a future, future is out here just shooting missiles, right? Sliding in DMs, doing the most. So I always think that gets underlooked, too, that it's not all the time like, oh, you know, she, she saw him back then and was like, never, and then came back around. Sometimes it's as simple as she didn't even notice him. I mean, back it's then almost never other that. Were more vibrant. <laughs> so I, I don't even know where that story like, came from, but it's yeah, it's almost never that situation. It's all, that's um, a common thing I hear. I'm like, it's a no, very it's common like, trope, but it's like just it's a common trope, but it's not true no. to the female experience. Women date who who approaches them. That's kind of most. That's kind of the end of the day. That's yeah. that's what it is. So be bold, be attractive. It's probably the best advice to men because the boldness is really I've what you see. I've retired from giving advice <laughs> to men, so let's move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as I say that, we are just let's get into it. We have to talk about it. Um, yeah. I oh my gosh, I retire. And I know. Then go I ahead and do it. go ahead. I immediately <laughs> retract my statement about giving advice to men. I don't know that I will be giving Will Smith advice. Like frankly, Will Smith does not need any advice from me um grown married man (laughs) i don't know that chris rock needs my advice so we're just going to talk about the slap uh i feel like there's like a tm at the end of it now like it's just become a thing of its own someone should sell t-shirts and the slap she's referencing in case you were living under a rock the past two weeks the slap at the Oscars. Yeah, give us a breakdown of events. 
Chris Rock was riffing. Um, no, Chris Rock was introducing... Quest Love's category that he won at the Oscars, oh, Best yes. Documentary. Okay, so can we just take a moment and say Philadelphia had a moment? Shout out to Philadelphia black men. Fist in the air. In the air. Will Smith and Quest Love. Anyway, um, it was he was introducing that category, the documentary category, of which Quest Love ended up winning. Um, and he was doing his jokes and kind of, in my opinion, I don't think these were pre-planned jokes. And, and if no, it were, he did a good I, job well, at making it seem like it was yeah, off just, the cuff. Just, I don't know who's telling the truth here, but I don't think the, it doesn't seem like that was in the, the script. Um, so he was just riffing. Yeah. And honestly, just watching it, he kind of looked like he was literally scanning and being like, all right, you know, um, you know, Javier Bardem and your wife and blah, blah, blah. Oh, there's Will, Will and Jada. Um, ha, 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 ha. Um, you know, um, gosh, what's the name of it? Camp Cadet. What is the movie? G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane Part 2. Um, and so he made a joke about G.I. Jane because Demi Moore has short hair and G.I. Jane. Specifically. He looked at Will and... Yes, buzz cut, short crop, buzz cut. As one gets at boot camp. He looked at. As one gets at boot camp. Also, I saw that movie when I was younger, and I thought nothing but Demi looks great in that movie. So I thought nothing of the joke. I looked at Jada even before the the ceremony. The past couple of weeks of Jada, I thought she kind of was giving that look anyway. Um, So I didn't find the joke offensive. Um, in fact, I think I chuckled because I was like, wow, you, know, you are who do- so anti-black woman. Be- I can't even believe it. Oh my gosh. Here we go. But yes, that from my sitting at home with the references I just gave you, appreciating the movie, thinking Demi Moore looked great in the movie, thinking Jada looked great as well. I thought it was a fair joke. Also, I knew nothing about her, um, experience with alopecia. Right. So knowing none of that, I was like, this joke seems fine. <sighs> Genuinely shocked. <laughs> Thought it was a skit when Will Smith walked up and open hand slapped Chris Rock. Chris Rock, the way they kind of handled it, I was like, oh, this is still like a skit. This is cute. I still laughed. I'm like, this is cute. And then it got really uncomfortable when Will Smith started gruffly barking. Um, didn't you? Really <laughs> Just kidding. But that's what it sounded like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had that joke in the in the clip. That's what it sounded like to me, unfortunately. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, the white racists are going to have a good time with this. But um, I was genuinely taken aback. Actually, the slap is what bothered me least because I thought it still kind of looked fake to me. But him kind of, I can tell he was really agitated and yelling. And it was really, it was like, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. Lupita's face. He was really he was barking and I was like, wow, this is a real moment. And then it was awkward. And so then I turned the show off because I was actually, so to that point, I was not traumatized, but I was secondhand mm-hmm. embarrassment. And so therefore I turned the show off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I can't deal with secondhand embarrassment. I barely like comedy shows. Yeah, so. it was. <laughs> when things go awry, I get like uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Will and Chris were like both shaking as they were speaking afterwards. Like as Will is yelling, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And Chris Rock is like, well, I will. I will. And that part was, was kind of like, funny. Actually, I wish he was like, ooh, I could say, but I won't. And then he just kept going. 
And I was like, ooh, what were you going to say, Chris? <laughs> He's like, I'll see you in August. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Will would have lost it. But no. Um, and then our favorite word of the show today, this led to a lot of discourse. Um, and from all parts of the internet and water cooler conversations just... in real life, you know. I forgot it was the Oscars. This is what reminded me that this wasn't a black Twitter moment. This was people were talking about it at the bar. People are talking. It was a true water cooler moment. So that's kind of cool for yeah. the Oscars, right? <laughs> you know what? Is that this is probably the real reason managers like get your ass in the office. I need someone to talk to about the slap. <laughs> right. Yeah. People miss having those conversations in the, in the lunchroom. Um, yeah, and it just led to different opinions across the board. Um, some opinions I saw coming. We talked about this last episode, the, the, the emasculated man mm-hmm. conversations I saw coming. Um, but then there were conversations that I, I guess I saw the emasculation conversations coming. Because the slap just looks so fake, and maybe just growing up in Philadelphia, I, and I don't know, I just didn't take that, I didn't view that as assault. Mm-hmm. It is. I realize now that maybe I'm just <laughs> normalizing violence. <laughs> It didn't really do anything for me. I mean, there are levels Um, to it. So I was actually, there are levels. And so I was actually a little bit shocked that so many people were like specifically traumatized, mm -hmm. their words, not mine. Famous people by the slap itself and how it just like unsettled them and shook them to the core. And I thought, man, I must be from the sticks because... (laughs) This did nothing for me. Yeah, I I have to put it into context of thinking like if I were at a work event and saw somebody like my colleague get slapped, like that would be very shocking to me. I don't know that I would be traumatized, but I could see it being really shocking and unsettling. Um, That said, I... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more concern from actors about this slap and like the aftermath of it and basically like I think you know people want to see something happen to Will Smith and consequences and to me one of the most dangerous things that could happen on a set did happen on a set this year while Alec Baldwin was shooting a film he a prop a live firearm was on set loaded with a bullet in it and did not have blanks. And, you know, whatever checks are supposed to happen, didn't happen And a woman, like a cinematographer was killed. And to me, right. I think it was several shots. I think the director or someone else. Oh, wow. I did not know that. They didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, as someone, as an actor that needs to be on set and very likely is going to be on set shooting things that include guns, and I'm trusting people that the guns are prop guns, that would be more traumatizing and terrifying to me than the possibility of getting slapped on live TV. Not according to Amy Schumer. Uh, (laughs) Not according to Amy Schumer. Maybe not according to Jim Carrey. Maybe... The shame and embarrassment is worse than death. I don't know. I think that's part of it. I think it's the panache of the Oscars. This is the Academy. This is the type of event where we don't have that 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 low class foolery happening. So I think that's a lot of it. Um, 
I agree. There seems to be this strong desire to see Will Smith pay for his actions. Um, hell, I'm noticing my mom and I and my sister, we all had a pretty, you know, I won't say heated, but passionate mm-hmm. conversation about this. And my mom's background is administration, an administration um, at, at a school, high school, junior high school. And in her opinion, this is before she, you know, this is like right during the event. In her opinion, she thought that Will should have been immediately escorted out, that it should not have been up for discussion, um, that he still could have received his award, that this is how you deal with things like because again, she's I mean, I agree with her. I, I'm shocked that he wasn't. Yeah, and I didn't disagree with her either. <laughs> yeah, she was like, he should have been immediately escorted out, um, confront. You know, he we could have discussed it in the back. He would have still received his award, but he would not have been able to speak. Um, during, you know, when he, you know, he wouldn't have an acceptance speech moment because, you know, the consequences to immediate consequences to actions. And he's like, you know, and that would have been the comeuppance, right? For what he did. He did not get to share the bask in the glory of it. Um, but then we realize they tried to do that, actually. Will was, was asked he? to Is leave. that verified? Will, mm-hmm. That's what I read that he was asked to leave and that he, the police were on, mm-hmm. on set or at the function. He was asked to leave, but declined. I don't think he made a big fuss of it, okay. but he was just like, no. And there, I think a black man who, whose name I don't know, but it was like his first time mm-hmm. directing um, a, uh, the Oscars. Um, first time a black man has, um, I think he was also a FAMU alum. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. So that's awesome. And he made the decision not to escalate okay. that any further. He was because he's like at this point. We'll be talked about that on hot topics too in the view because I guess she's a governess mm-hmm. or governor for the for the academy. So she was like back there making decisions or consulted about this. She pretty much said confirmed that and was like, yeah. She's like it would have been a whole thing because then we would have had to engage the police. Because mm-hmm. he already said he wasn't. Yeah, leaving. it, it so becomes now, a the thing. Black, and then the black the show... man who's now directing it is like, I don't want to have this show, my first time doing this, and then also just the, the landscape. I don't want to have access. Like, no, I, no one needs to see pictures of Will Smith being escorted out with police. So at, at this point, he can just stay and we'll deal with what it, whatever his comeuppance is after. So, I mean, I, and so because my mom was like, why wasn't he escorted? And so we learned that the next day. And I was like, okay. So I was like, mommy, this makes sense. Like, I don't, I think I agree I mean, with yeah, like I that, not- that would have been re- even more ridiculous. And now also, what do you do with the rest of the show? Exactly. So yeah. you also have a show to produce and run. Um, so, yeah, I think that, so that seems to be what happened. Um, I think the Oscars, people in charge, did what they thought. They tried to do the right thing. Um, and ultimately, it's, I mean, it sounds like Will Smith resigned mm-hmm. from the Academy. Probably a forced resignation. Yeah, and like all his projects <laughs> um, are getting put on hold. I think Netflix, Sony, um, he was in talks with. And those projects are getting put on hold. So, yeah, you know, he's getting... There are consequences to actions, and he is definitely feeling them right now. I, for me, the, sh- the, um, I think maybe sad. 
Um, I don't know that sad is necessarily the right word, but I did. And I think because the relationship between black women and hair and black men and hair and jokes, especially about natural hair and losing Mm -hmm. hair and not having enough hair, um, is just so fraught that, yeah, so many, it was, you know, a lot of people took pleasure in seeing Chris Rock get slapped for making a joke about a black woman's hair. And I think that's, you know, that's fair because we probably all wanted to slap somebody for making jokes about our hair at one point. Um, But I have been seeing a lot of conversation about it was just one of the first times or like one of the most important, like strongest displays of a black man protecting a black woman publicly. And that just makes me really sad if that is the... If a man who's reacting hyper-emotionally on the biggest night of his career, maybe out of a sense of ego, maybe out of a sense of love for his wife, we have no idea. Um, Probably both. Probably both, um, because I'm sure those are intricately (laughs) tied by now. They've been married forever. Um, But if that is the strongest display of defense that you can look to... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. That just makes me sad. Um, yeah, I saw that and take even and it was with, utterly unrelatable. Yeah, and even when we're talking about Will and Jada, I'm like, we have such a... Sh- there's so many other... To me, the strongest defense or um, that he could ever have had for her was sitting down at the red table and talking to her on her platform about her relationship with August Alcina. And because I think culturally what that meant was really significant. Like we've rarely see men put themselves in that position where they're having to account for their female partners, extramarital activities. Now, what type of relationship they have We don't know. There's been tons of speculation. They have not confirmed that they have an open relationship. I think at that time, they said that they were considering a divorce. Separated. Yeah, so... Or, you know, in that that space. And so I thought that was... I thought that was such a beautiful moment for him to say, I'm your partner, and you want to talk about this thing. You want me there. I, as Will Smith, one of the highest paid movie stars in America, and someone who has crafted this image of what it means to be a super, a superstar and a black man who has this superstar family, I'm going to sit here and display a lot of vulnerability as we talk about this thing that I know is going to open me up to a lot of criticism and you have already been opened up to that and I'm going to stand in it with you. I thought it was a great display of partnership. Um, As you said, I think women go through that all the time. I mean, you know, we have Usher confessions with Chili. You know, it's like such a, it's such a thing that no one thinks of it. It's like standard. Man cheats on woman, man talks about it, makes whole albums about it. Robin Thicke chases his wife. You know, it happens so often. It just seems like the wife, the good wife, right? 
So Beyonce makes lemonade and then brings Jay-Z on tour and twerks next to him and like, we're a family. So <laughs> it happens so often that it's expected of women. Um, it seems natural that a, a male partner can do the same. Men have been reacting strongly ever since. <laughs> and I, I think on, and on the internet especially, and in my opinion, when I saw Will slap Chris, I was like, okay, he's slapping everyone who's called him a quote-unquote simp, a quote-unquote cuck, a quote-unquote, you know, um, just pathetic. And all these other, he's, he's just been getting a lot of heat. And I think he just, it was like a snapped moment. He had enough. And, you know, Chris was like the straw that broke the camel's back type of thing. And I think Chris honestly knows that. Like, he's like, he, that man ain't mad at me. He's mad at, he's mad at, he's mad at the situation that he's in, perhaps. <laughs> Again, this is all speculation, but that's what I got from mm-hmm. it, so. Yeah. And, you know, and people have been dragging Jada. Like, even today, there was, a, you know, Jada said that Will shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I was looking for sources. Like, where did she say that? Nothing. <laughs> Nowhere was it said. Someone said it about her. Jada is not going <laughs> to address this unless it oh, is Oh, she shouldn't, but that particular show, tweet got... 300,000 likes. And I was like, no one's questioning that this is just, you know, and that got me more upset about the misinformation. Like, I, I don't know how kids even do research anymore. I'm worried about the future. <laughs> I'm joking, but not really. It seems you like. should be. I mean, I, sh- I don't think the kids know how to research or anything. Um, so that's wild. Shout out to teachers who were having to teach <laughs> research skills <laughs> and critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the in the in the world of in the time of instant access of information, um, but yeah, I think that's the whole Will and Jada thing. It's a story as old as time, honor, um, relationships, you know, ego, pr- precisely, um, falling in and out of love, and quite frankly, a big one. Sometimes I get vulnerability, and I get you know being accessible but sometimes maybe they might learn that hey maybe we overjudge how accessible we need to be to the general public so if i had a takeaway if i were jada in this situation i would personally reel back how many personal anecdotes i probably share because the people ain't ready they ain't that they're not at that wavelength you know what i mean no they are not yeah they ain't. But like, do that after you talk about this situation, Jada. <laughs> See, messy, 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 messy. I mean, it's out there. Might as well. You gotta like own the narrative, right? That's what Kanye says. You do. Speaking of messy and what we can probably end on, because I think it ties in hot messerdom, but also <sighs> some real shit. Um, Black Lives Matter. TM. I realize we've been adding the trademark to it now, which I think we should have done in the first place when it comes to do- discussing. Black Lives Matter, the movement, the organization, and the hashtag. Um, there's been a lot of conversation of recent. Um, I think it was a New Yorker article um, or profile um, that was published. New York Magazine. Of late. New York Magazine. Oh, get them confused. <laughs> but one of the New Yorks. <laughs> New York Magazine um, article that was published um, digging into some of the, the money trails, if you, if you will, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter organization is it a foundation organization the nonprofit mm-hmm. itself 
Yeah. Um, and I guess you would call it mis... I'm not sure if it's mismanagement because we don't know, but there's no... There seems to be no um, auditing happening. No one really knows what's happening. We just know that, alleg- you know, there's been allegedly over the past eight years, $90 million in funds raised. No one knows where it is, who it's going to. Um, it's not... Allegedly, it's not... I mean, apparently, it's not going to the families of the victims that were at the, at the helm. Or is it? Because I know Tamira Rice's mom seems to be, has been talking about she this She has. For a while. Um, and to kind of put that, that dollar amount into context, the $90 million came in the wake of the George Floyd murder. And oh, okay. that wow. influx was That really because, did the uptick. Exactly. So that was, they got a huge influx of money because people were just donating to all of these black led um, organizations that were, you know, pushing uh, the need for police reform and really amplifying the violence that um, black people were experiencing at the hands of the police. And they had the most name recognition, so they got a ton of donations. And that's where, so really in 2020, they got this huge influx of money um, and that's probably the first time people even knew that they were an organization that was set up to take donations. Um, and then I think that's also where the concern started because people did not know if they had the infrastructure to handle that type of donation. It wasn't immediately clear what they do on a day-to-day basis and what the money would be used for, who it would be used for, that kind of thing. So now that this the New York Magazine dropped the story that they purchased like a six over six million dollar house in LA that they didn't disclose. Um, they purchased a house in October of 2020 and, and didn't disclose it until 18 months later. And the house uh, from statements from the organization, what they are saying is that the house is meant to serve as housing for like a black creators initiative that they have going on. It's a, t- a TikTok house. It basically sounds like a TikTok house. Like it's, it's going to be a house for content creators who I guess are creating content about the movement. Um, and I think this article, you know, rightfully so riled people up because there's, why would you need that one? And they're just better uses of the money. Also, out of the $90 million in donations, it seems like they still have a large chunk of that that has not been allocated. So they still have $60 million um, that they have not allocated. I know they had announced that they were doing grants to some smaller organizations, and I'm not sure like how the money breaks down of like what they've spent $30 million on. But that's the story with that's a brief breakdown of the Black Lives Matter money trail. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for that. Great context for me, myself and the listeners. Um, and I also think it ties into a lot of the, the, you know, I won't say fears, but hesitations a lot of have felt about Black Lives Matter as an organization. Um I don't think it's going to help what the 
quote unquote conservative right has to say about it because they already think it's a divisive political movement. Um, I can see them. I already know they're eating up this New York this this New York magazine I'm article. Sure. They should worry about because it end. validates what they already think um, that the BLM is the KKK essentially like it's foolish, silly, but that's where their head head. And they at. should be focused uh, on what the NRA is doing with their money. I mean, they should be, but alas, that would be too much common sense. Um, and then another thing is, you know. I'm I'm sure a lot of individuals who work in local nonprofits feel away because they 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 are established organizations who grassroots community oriented organizations who are deep 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 in the community understand it already have a workflow already have an established you know um, method of doing things who could have used the money and affected change immediately right because they already have they're already in there. Um, and so, yeah, it is insult to injury to be an organization like that and then see BLM TikTok house. I'm being a bit cheeky, but I think that's what it I comes mean, across as. You know, they, they filmed <laughs> like YouTube content there. So, and it's a very, it's, uh, it seems like a very LA thing for like foundations to have a house um, and that's one thing if it's to me, if you're running your operations out of it, but then to say that you bought it for as housing for creators just feels like the priorities are just a little skewed and off and that they're much better uses for that money, especially when there is such an immediate need given the pandemic, given everything that's going on with like the health inequities that have been affecting black people with COVID-19, that they're just better ways to use the money. Um, but they have 60 million left still on hand. I, I'm not, I, you know, going to definitively say, I think this organization is a scam. I think they got in there a little above over their heads here and hopefully they bring in some people that, you know, have a long history of being able to handle this amount of funds and come up with an actionable plan to really help further initiatives that align with the organization in, you know, local communities. And so we can start seeing like the cash infusion there and really see what the impact the broad reach of the impact besides just, you know, bringing awareness to what was going on, which they've done a great job of. Yeah, they have. And I mean, they have, the hashtag has, I'm still trying to decipher what is what, to be quite frank. Um, I will say when it comes to donating, donate, donating your funds to do research first, like even right now, I'm doing a quick Google search of charity navigators and just how best to, like, you know, find charities that align with, that are already established. Um, CharityNavigator.org is one of them, and they have black-founded nonprofits. You know, I feel like a, a teacher. Focus on .org, <laughs> dot, .govs, dot, you know, honestly, like, so you know, do some research, you know, call, see who the community, like, um, look up their, um, what is it called, their annual report. If they're an established nonprofit, they should have one that should list out how they budgeted and appropriated funds, but also goals for the upcoming years. Um, so 
little things like that. Hopefully BLM TM gets there. And <laughs> Shannon's rolling her eyes. Wishing them the best. <laughs> She's like wishing them because, well. Because, yeah, I mean, uh. that's a lot of money. And I think they could do some good with it. A lot of good with it. And so I'm hoping that that happens. Um, and that we hear more about that and not, you know, potential mismanagement. Um we're rooting for you. I don't know if that's the right term, but we want black people to win. And so. All I have in my head is that meme of Beyonce at the tennis match with her hands up. With the There's still hope. Like, <laughs> go sports. Yeah, go like, I, that's that's sports. where I'm at with that. Do, <laughs> do right. Do well. <laughs> do right. Do well. Um, yeah, wow. We managed to hit on all the top things that have occurred. Yeah, so clearly we lied about it being quick, but you know, we're long-winded gals. Uh, so long-winded, so many through lines with each topic, like, wow. Um, (laughs) so many, the connections are connecting. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us at twoesjohns at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Two Wise Johns. Same with the Insta. We are not on TikTok because we're old. And it's so hard. <laughs> what you can do for us if you like hearing our voices and our thoughts is you, it would be awesome if you could leave us a review on Apple and like us on what I'm not even sure what platform does likes anymore they're all switching it up but you know like subscribe favorite favorite and share tell somebody about the joints and on that note we're gonna get out of here bye guys bye